Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Live, living the good life show here live in Dallas, Texas. Big, big week. Week two. The NFL will cover that. Silly season yet again. Continuing with this golf coverage. It's just kind of boring these days. But, you know, I guess that's why I live tours here. So we'll get into that and talk a little bit about that. So we're going to switch it up, though. Our, our friend, our new friend, Ryan Kramer from uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast joins us right now, especially on Zoom. How you doing, man? Oh, feeling great, man. Feeling good. Uh, I guess I should say it's uh, we're week one down in the books. My New York Giants, a win for the first time since 2016. <laughs> hey, so. Our, our New York Giants. Oh, yeah. I love saw that, that hat, man. right? <laughs> right. Oh, man. It feels so good to week, win week one, doesn't it? Oh. We were out in Vegas, uh, the beautiful Westgate, in the, a giant movie theater room watching all the games, and me and one of the guys we were there with, both Giants fans, and yeah. it wasn't t- when that kick missed. I mean, we might as well have been 16-year-old schoolgirls hugging in the uh, aisles. So it, felt the, amazing. The penalties, though, man, like the penalties kept coming. <laughs> it's like learn your lesson, you know, one after another. I'm like, this is how the Giants, this is what they're all they're known for. The last six years, all we do is penalty, penalty, last quarter, you know, and oh my gosh, Dable was probably just beside himself, right? I mean, just all of that aside, though, the fact that we have a coach that's going to go for two, that we have the fact that we have a coach yeah, that's yeah. like, hey, guys, you yeah. want to win this game? Ballsy. I, I mean, Pat Shermer did not have that. Joe no. Judge did not have that. Ben McAdoodle, no thank you. <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I, I just I am so happy to have a coach that the players like, a mm-hmm. coach that's willing to win, like play to win the game, right? Yeah. Like let's 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 quote the great Hermit, play or Jim Morris, sorry, play to win the game. I love that we played to win the game. And yeah. yeah I took a yeah. missed kick, but eh, you know what? Sometimes you need to get lucky, and uh, I, I am feeling so. Obviously, a good week betting as well, but man, the, the Giants' win was the the cream uh, for me in Week One. No doubt about it. Um, God, it felt good because you know I I got a Ram fan in my house. My eleven year old, my <laughs> wife, were divorced twice a year because she's a Cowboys fan. So the fact <laughs> oh. that they both lost. And the Giants won. It was like the greatest week in my household for me, at least. But um, let's let's get let's have some fun. You know, week two is here. I love talking football, fantasy football, um, and um, obviously we'll maybe get into some gambling too, and maybe your takes on certain lines. But I guess first things first, and I want to ask you some questions related to fantasy. Um, for those listening, if you play fantasy, great. If you don't. Um, it's still, you know, fun and helpful when it comes to, uh, your season outlook. But, um, you know, I'm curious and I've got a lot of emails or I got, we got a lot of tweets and people asking a lot of questions on, you know, when you draft or when you're playing your roster players, okay. Like your starters, um, and uh, do you have to really look at the week to week, uh, you know, slates, like as an example, or as an example, like if you're if you're if you drafted Amari Cooper or or Brandon Cooks, who I think is a stud still, despite the fact that he's on the Texans, which what well, I was blown away that that even happened. Um, but like when you have a stud like Brandon Cooks, and you're you're drafting him earlier than normal, so you know you want to play him on a week to week basis, but the team kind of is garbage. So does that have any effect on? starting you know your players that you draft 
Absolutely. So I think it starts with this and you having a cowboy fan in your household. Yeah. I have a strict policy to take take any sort of drama out of my fantasy schedule by just not drafting cowboys. Okay. That's rule number one. <laughs> I eliminate them from the pool. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking season long, though, if you invested in a, a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick in a guy, you're probably drafting him to start him every week. Now, could a defense pop up where you're like, "Ooh, I don't really like this matchup. Yeah, but with a guy specifically who profiles like a Brandon Cooks, some, Amon Ross A. Brown, someone who is on a team that might not be that good, but he is very clearly the primary target. He's going to get 25 to 30% of the passes intended to him. Uh, I think that's a great formula to start with. Now you sprinkle in the Texans with a poor defense, and the Lions with a poor defense, and that creates even more opportunity. Garbage so, time, in is that some, what you're saying? Oh, I love garbage time. Garbage okay. time golf can score some points just like any other fan. I yeah. mean, they don't discriminate, right? Fantasy points count the same when they so, don't matter in the real game as much as they do when they real they do matter in the real game. Right. So I actually think when you're analyzing players, like uh, two, two players I was actually really high on this year, Brandon Cooks and Amal Ross St. Brown, because they fit that profile. They looked like they could be in t- on teams that were constantly having to play from behind. We know what a negative game script creates, right. more passing opportunities. So I actually think that's a positive. Now, whether, like, good example, that San Francisco game last week, if I had maybe some of their receivers, I might have looked to find a way to not play them because the, the you have these environmental variables that can sometimes just create a mess out there. But, no, I, I think as far as, like, if a player is on a actual bad team – that might actually be a good thing. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, you look at, like, the Browns and you look at how, you know, they, they they decided to bring Amari Cooper over, who should be a stud. I mean, he didn't have a great week at all. But, you know, you look at the quarterback situation. I mean, obviously, when Deshaun Watson's there, it's a totally different animal. But, you know, I have a feeling the whole situation that Amari's in, I don't know, that it might, that's got to have an effect on him. Yeah, and, and you see, you saw Donovan Peoples-Jones saw way more targets, almost like he had better chemistry with uh, Jacoby Brissett. I think that's where you're handicapping a quarterback. So I like, obviously, Davis Mills and Jared Goff's ability to sling the ball down the field to continue the analogy. I don't know if I put Brissett in the same category. Wow, okay. I don't even know if I put, uh, you know, I think there's a number of quarterbacks like this. Geno Smith as well. I, I was very uh, bearish on DK and Lockett this year. I was impressed because. Yeah, how how often you know how much are we ever going to see like a big passing game from Geno Smith? Right. How often are we going to see a three hundred yard game from Jacoby Brissett in that running game there in Cleveland? So while you could probably say in real life, like an average fan might see Brissett, Goff, and Davis Mills all as the same type of guy, yeah. two of those guys actually will be willing to throw the ball down the field, whereas Brissett. We watched the, you watched the game. How many times did he throw the ball past seven yards down the field? Not many. So yeah. as from a fantasy perspective, I'm fortunately for me, I apply my Dallas Cowboy rule even to former Cowboys. <laughs> so I don't have a Amari Cooper on any teams this year. So I'm sitting you pretty. Know, the only Cowboy that I dig is Dalton Schultz. And I just feel like he's very dependable. You know, I think he's dependable to the team more so. I'm mean, order the quarterback. You know, I feel like he's. You know, he's always going to be that guy where if 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 Dak or now obviously Rush uh, can't find CD, well, you you got a good chance Schultz is open somewhere. So and and it, it reminds me of Witten. It reminds me right. of a guy who he's not doing anything sexy. He's not right. like running these like Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey seam routes. Right. 
He's always open. And I think what we're noticing is the big question with CeeDee Lamb on this team was, is CeeDee Lamb truly a number one? With Amari Cooper gone, can he get open when the number one cornerback is guarding him? And I think after one game, small sample size, I think we have some question about his ability to be a true number one. So I love your take of of Dalton. If I was going to you know, endorse a cowboy. I think his volume could be incredible. I think he could be looking yeah. at six, seven catches a game. The other guy I really like because if this if this team turns into a true dumpster fire, I really like the idea that they start getting Tony Pollard more and more and more involved because at some point you have to realize that the the, the Zeke ship may have sailed Ooh. without a good offensive line. He's not the same guy. So Schultz and Pollard are the two guys I could see Cooper Rush checking it down a whole bunch too so if you're playing ppr a lot of empty points there no doubt no doubt about it um some things actually kind of get your take on last week we you know look i grew up a ram fan um despite being a giants fan now when they left la i i just my heart broke so i i went to lawrence taylor as being the greatest of all time and i was like you know what? i'm gonna root for the the giants going forward i was like over 20 plus 30 years ago but i bring it up because we still are at the end of the day, Rams fans here in, in, in the studio, my father. Um, and so we talked about that game. And it was really disappointing. I'd love to get your take because, you know, one thing I mentioned last week on our, our, our show is that I just felt like the Rams failed this offseason. They just – I felt like they didn't do enough. Um, and now look at – I mean, it's hard when – you lose Whitworth, you lose actually a bunch of different guys, and you don't have Beckham. And, you know, Beckham, is he like, you know, CeeDee Lamb? No, I think CeeDee Lamb's better. And I think that Odell still, though, brings some kind of value to a team, especially when you need to take away attention, you know, from Cooper Cup. And I just feel like, you know, there was just certain things that were missing in this in this offense. Matt Stafford didn't look himself or look like himself. And I don't know how, you know, uh, how his injury really affected him. But what's your opinion on just the overall look of the Los Angeles Rams? A lot of people are down on them. No repeat, blah, blah, blah. So hard to do. And now they look like, you know, trash. Um, But what's your opinion? Uh, It's funny because coming into the game, we saw them. They were underdogs. And it was the first time ever that a Super Bowl winner coming off the Super Bowl in their first game on Thursday night was an underdog. And so it was like, wow, this is weird. I bet on them. And then I watched them proceed to look like a team. Yeah. I'd have been partying all offseason. Sean McVay, we heard the rumors. Like, he was considering being done. They had reached the mountaintop. I think there is something to professional sports. You listen to enough of them talk about the journey of a Super Bowl and what it means. And you really start to understand, like, this. there's a lot poured into this. And so the, the fact that all of these vets kind of came together, it was a rare super team that actually made it. This has always been a shallow roster, right? They've been mortgaging the future for a while now. And so it doesn't take much for it to all of a sudden look like the cupboards are emptied. And I think what you noticed, like, to me, what I noticed flat out was, A, the Bills, like, clearly the Bills wanted to make a statement to the Chiefs and yeah. say, hey, we're for real. So I think they caught a juggernaut. It wasn't the nicest scheduling quirk to give the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, right. The team that is the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. 
But that being said, their offense looks horrible. Staff, the, the elbow concerns of Stafford look, looking bad, that's that's real. Uh, the, the idea that Allen Robinson was just going to fill in as the number two, I'm concerned. All I saw Stafford was looking at Scourneck, Higby, Cooper Cup. I do think they need Scourneck. Scourneck, yeah. baby. Yeah. I do think they need I do think they need Beckham back. And and, and as as, as sa- all offseason, I was pointing out, guys, Allen Robinson quit on his team before. Allen Robinson might not be the dog we all think he is. Now, one game, small sample size, but they need a second receiving target. They need a running game. Their offensive line looked like they missed the dinosaur, a.k.a. Whitworth. Oh, yeah. And so I just think you you lost – you didn't just lose players. You lost leadership. And when you lose leadership, that some of the parts greater than the whole business stops being a reality. So now you sprinkle in shallow roster – has Super Bowl hangover coach maybe wasn't mentally all in quarter you know everyone's writing their books going on their money grab tours yeah it, it, I've watched my Giants do this uh it, it, you just never come back as sharp now does the team still have talent and, and can they rebound I think so right I think at some point Sean McVay should get some credit for being the disciple of every other offensive system in the NFL but <laughs> my my biggest concern is that number one, number two target and Stafford's ability to to last the whole season because if he doesn't make the season like we we know what this team looks like we saw Jared Goff take him to the playoffs and fail. Yeah, and then uh, the whole like not starting Cam Akers um, and having Daryl Henderson really take charge and you know it's very there's a lot of confusion like we don't know how healthy cam Akers really is and you know um we don't know who the true starter is they're very i feel like a lot of these uh, beat writers are just kind of either not doing their job or they're just because the, you know, i feel like teams they lie let's be honest they're not telling the truth they don't know what's going on. i mean they know what's going on but they don't want everyone else to know and so you know it's hard to trust a lot of these beat writers and you know i'm not trying to like aim at them and 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 put them on the stake but at the end of the day it's like we don't know I don't know you know I'm thankful I didn't really draft any of Cam Akers um and for the sake of just talking football and predicting an outcome for the Rams I don't know if I have a lot of faith in Cam Akers at this point but um let's move along because I want to get get your take because I do want to talk about this week's slates and any games that really stand out for you this past week, I mean, this a few days ago, we had obviously uh, Kansas City's game, and that was a phenomenal game. Um, but and I'm sure there was some good money on that. But for this particular weekend, Sunday or Monday, anything that really stands out, just shed some light for a lot of our listeners who might want to go oh. and maybe uh, put some money on something before the game start. We'll call it some short-term investment advice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I certainly, I certainly think there's some nice spots here. For one. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the Houston Texans earlier coming away with what felt like an unlucky tie against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts now travel for their second back, back-to-back road game in the division, generally a tough trend to overcome. And then when you look at the fact that the Colts have lost their last five games against the spread, right. first the Jags, and are 1-12-1 and ATS yeah. dating back to 2015 – it almost seems silly. I mean, we all remember how Carson Wentz and the Colts, all they had to do was beat the lowly Jags week 18, <laughs> and what happened? So now they, they, they go on the second of this back-to-back road trip down into Jacksonville. I think we're expecting 89 degrees with 100% humidity. 
That is always tough for these northern teams early in the season. Love taking Florida teams at home early. And you're telling me the Jacksonville Jags are plus four. You could bet them straight up at plus 170. So you'll get a dollar seventy for every dollar you bet. Uh, that that to me is the one that stood out the most. And the second one is I'll take you all the way to Sunday night football because there's nothing that I know more. Death taxes and Aaron Rodgers is going to take it to the Bears. Uh, you know he's going to bring out the disca- discount double check when he runs the ball into the end zone. <laughs> the same thing happened last year. If you remember, they had that weird game in Jacksonville against New Orleans. They got their butts kicked. Aaron Jones did nothing. We spent the whole week talking about, is there something wrong with the Packers? Could this be the year the Vikings take down the Packers? Oh. And what did we see? Aaron Jones comes out, scores four touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a great game, and they take care of business. I love that they have the Bears teed up here, coming off a win where they, you know, I think a lot of people would say if, if the quarterback on the other side was anyone but Trey Lance and it wasn't a monsoon, I don't think this Bears team's doing too much. So uh, I gave you a dog with Jacksonville plus four. I'm going to give you wow. the favorite with Green Bay laying nine and a half, laying ten, whatever that number is. Uh, because as we know, Aaron Rodgers, 23 and five straight up and 21 and seven against the spread versus the Bears. It's like just it. the team he owns. I like it now, um, which so you know. Let's put you on the spot now, man. Uh, let's do it. I actually thought that I said that the Vikings would win that division this year. Is that is that crazy? No, no. You you are in the company of some smart people because if you're if you're gonna try to fade, uh, generally when people are looking for the other team in a division, it's like I want to bet against Tom Brady this year. I want to bet against Aaron Rodgers. My thing is that. I would love to bet against an aging quarterback. The pro- problem is he won the MVP award last two years, right. and he's playing on a team that has won 13 games the past three years with this coach. So I do have some level of faith that the established, like the 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 machine itself is probably good enough. Now, I love what I saw first game from the new coach. I love how he came out and said, "We as a team, this game means more than one game. We need to come out and send a message. Yeah to the Green Bay Packers. Now, any Vikings fan friend of mine will tell you that's the big rivalry. So it's funny you bring that up because another spot I love huh. is fading the Vikings coming off that big win. They're heading to Philly Monday night. Philly is laying less than a field goal, minus two. And one of the strongest wow. trends in all of sports is fade Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> uh, he. He he is shockingly won his last two prime time games, but before that, zero and seven. So uh, again, I, I you know NFL is a, a narrative sport with 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 soap opera uh, ties, and anytime I see a team that excited, unfortunately this this carries weight for our Giants too. But anytime yeah, I see yeah. a team that excited off a, a single win after week one, I'm I'm looking to put money on the other side the following week. Um. Throw, but I like on. your Vikings play. I do like, and now Look, you're I just, pretty. I mean, it's not that difficult to, to say that I haven't seen talent like Justin Jefferson in a long time. I mean, this guy is just an animal, and you know, everyone sees that I, he gets it. I just feel like Kurt Cousin, like actually. Like, he feels like he's got a weapon now. Like, he has. I don't know. And, and you look at nothing against Stefan Diggs because the man is uh, awesome. But. Justin Jefferson is like another beast, in my opinion. I I don't know, um, but anyways, let's let's uh, before we go to break, we got to end. I know you're busy, but um, NFC is a big. Uh, we we love the NFC here, even though I think the AFC is really dominating with talent more so. But um, I'm gonna just throw these out. You tell me who's going to win 
their divisions. So let's have some fun with this, okay? Uh, right now, NFC West. Clearly, we love the Rams here in Dallas, but who do you think is going to take this division? Oh boy, it seems pretty empty. I, I as much as I want to say Seahawks because they got to win, absolutely not. I'm actually going to go back to the the crazy Kyler. Well, uh, I think with the Rams being down, I think Trey Lance looks like a disaster unless they pull Jimmy G back out there. I, I, there's no chance they win. So I'm going to take a, a, a long shot wow. that okay. Kyler and the Cardinals bounce back and take that division. All right, all right. Um, and then you know this one's hard to swallow, but as a Giants fan, who's going to win the East? Your your partner Giants. might like this pick, Giants. Oh, oh. I would place, love it. Baby. Is that is that passion? Is that like coming from your heart, or do you actually think that that's a possibility? Before the year, Cowboys were the favorites. I said we all said that was ridiculous. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, Eagles second favorite. That's fair. They're probably the most talented roster. But in a heads up matchup against a quarterback that struggles to throw the ball down the field. Giants could win two of those. So, yeah, hell yeah. Giants. Okay. Go All Giants. Right. I like it. I like it. Um, South, is that pretty much easy to just say the Bucks? Saints or Falcons? Wait, you don't think the Bucks are going to win that division? I'm fading Tom Brady. He loses <laughs> the TB12 system this year. This is the end of the, oh the end of the road. Gosh. Falls off the cliff. Let's Dude. go. What? Hey, the wife's pissed off at home. You know what that means? Oh my goodness! This actually, this is I never expected this. That's interesting. I like that. Okay, <laughs> we talked about the Vikings, Packers, Vikings. That's a tough one. But did you say Packers early on? Uh, I'll stay with Packers. Yeah. Okay. Although the Vikings looked very good. All right, and then uh, switching off to the AFC here, we'll start Broncos. This Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, I feel like it is the best division in the league. This one's tough for me. I don't know. We got a discount. I was able to bet the Chiefs before the year at plus odds. They were plus like 140. I I still like the Chiefs. We see with, I mean, the game on Thursday night kind of articulates the Chiefs hold over that division. So I'm going to lean in and say Chiefs, Chiefs hold serve. North, we got Bengals and the Ravens. I don't necessarily think that the Browns or Steelers will do much, but um, what's your take? Ravens would be my rational take. Steelers shock the world, take down the division. So no Burrow and and the Bengals. Uh just I think the Steelers team is gonna win the division at like nine. Oh my nine, gosh. Nine ten wins. I just Let's said go. forget the Steelers and you're like <laughs> no TJ Watt now. That doesn't bother you at all. Five five weeks. We'll see how they if they can hold hold. I, I like the defense enough to say they can sneak this one out. Okay. Okay. Uh who do you like in the South? I mean I love I love that Matt Ryan's in that blue and white. I like everything about that. But you're gonna I'm just gonna keep blowing your mind. I, before the season, I took the Houston Texans at 35 to one to oh win this division. Gosh. They're in first place right now. I'm gonna <laughs> stick with the Houston Texans to win the AFC South. Dude, the fact that you're <laughs> not even saying that they're just they're gonna contend because a lot of people didn't even think they would contend this season, but you're well, saying I they're gonna what, win yeah. the division. One team comes out of this division. They're sitting in first place with a tie. Let's go. Oh, man. All right. And then East. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Are they going to be in the Super Bowl? Uh, boy, I, I want to see Buffalo, Kansas City in the conference finals. Conference. Like, don't ta- like, let us Do see again, a rematch huh? there, please. Yeah, let us let us see a rematch there. Did they change also uh, overtime rules now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that it will matter, but I just need to see that shootout <laughs> one more time. Okay. All right. Well, hey, man, I I, uh, I appreciate your time. You're awesome. You guys do a great job. 
um, for all of our listeners around the country. Um, how do people find you guys digitally, visually, and on air? Absolutely. Uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com or honestly, type Sports Gambling Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you watch podcasts. Uh, even if you have Apple TV, Roku, we have an OTT app in there. So anywhere you can literally listen or watch to anything, you type in Sports Gambling Podcast. I dig it. I dig it. Thanks again, Ryan. Appreciate everything. Cheers. Good luck this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Kramer hanging out with us here at Living the Good Life Show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We got time.